His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love endures forever. Jesus, we just thank you for your presence. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for meeting us tonight. Lord, we just ask, God, that you would just continue to be with us, Lord. Lord, I just ask that whatever's about to come out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit, you would anoint and you would filter it as it goes into each and every person's ears and hearts. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> I feel kind of weepy tonight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, um, sharing a little bit differently normally I have all my notes and everything that I want to say exactly and tonight this scribbly sheet of paper is my notes yes I did work on this I didn't just do it like today just for the record (laughs) um anyway um I know this is kind of random but I really felt like I wanted to do it I just wanted um to honor first of all all of the leadership but especially like my mom and dad and ron and Teresa and mike and Teresa, kim and tony and marty <sighs> i just wanted to thank all of you <laughs> well let me i just feel like the lord started to give me um perspective of uh i thought that it's been hard to choose to press in and it's felt hard and I just am like yes God yes God I want you yes God yes God and it just feels like the Lord has just kept revealing to me like have you seen how long they've been choosing have you seen how long and uh, I just felt like the Lord wanted you to know that he saw how long you've been choosing and gosh I am not gonna cry this whole time um I just really felt like he wanted you to see that he knew how much you had been choosing him all the years and that I just wanted to thank you for it because I know that what all of us have here right now is because of all of you and I just want to thank you for it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. Okay. Okay, so... Um, so... I'm going to have us stand up and do an exercise in a second, but I'll let you know when to stand. Um, I had um, felt like my personal battle lately has been against doubt and um, probably a little bit of unbelief. And so I uh, go into my happy place sometime, sometimes, and that's out in the field um, behind our house. Everybody knows where we live so and I went out there and I was just worshiping and I felt like the Lord gave me this to declare and I felt like he wanted us to declare it tonight too so now everyone can stand up um I actually wanted to begin this with it and I also want us to end with saying this so um I want us all to say confidently and with passion I am convinced That nothing can stop the goodness of God. So let hope arise. I am convinced that no angel nor demon, 
No principality nor power. No fear for today or worry about tomorrow. No sickness or disease. No circumstance or fact can stop the goodness of God. So let hope arise. For we will see his goodness in the land of the living. Amen. <laughs> so, <coughs> this is kind of a silly. Oh, I don't have my phone. If I'm going too long, somebody let me know. I don't think that'll be a problem, but if I do, let me know. Um, so, we watched this movie, and I wasn't actually going to bring this up because I'm kind of embarrassed of the movie. It was kind of hokey and silly, but it was a movie about, um, it's called Tomorrowland, but it was this movie about. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it was just this bad guy was broadcasting the end of the world to Earth. And so he was explaining that, like, the reason why that's actually going to happen is because they're actually believing that broadcast that I'm giving to them. It wasn't because it was actually what was going to happen. It was just because they were believing it. And this girl, the girl that saved the world, was the one who ended it because she... Um, whenever she saw the broadcast, she said, no, I don't. And it changed. And then it went back, but it changed for a moment. And I just had that picture. It was right after Hannah had spoke on Sunday night or Sunday morning. We watched it on Sunday night about the power of your words and, and your thoughts. And I just thought that was really cool. So then I wanted us to do that exercise because speaking it out and choosing to believe it changes the destiny and changes the future. Anywho, that was random. Okay, so um, I'm not putting my message down, but it might be a little choppy. <laughs> so I'm just warning you. Um, so we sang that um, big enough song tonight. And um, whenever I was choosing to share on this, I didn't actually know we were going to sing it tonight. So I'm not just like, hey, guys, my song. I just wanted to share because this was like, <laughs> this is like one of the biggest moments of my year and one of the biggest moments, I'm probably going to cry on this too, one of the <laughs> most profound times the Lord has spoken to me. And um, I'm not going to go into a huge detail because I don't want to give the enemy glory, but I was just under a lot of attack mentally, emotionally, just felt like I was fighting depression and all sorts of junk. And I felt like I was, <clears throat> I felt like I was coming undone and it felt like the pressures of um, the last few years, it just, everything was weighing down on me and I couldn't handle it anymore. And so one day, it was in the middle of the day, Ellie was taking a nap. I just went upstairs and, you know, sometimes you try to write out your heart, how you're feeling. And I was trying to do that and nothing would come. And all I could get out was like, God, help me. <laughs> you know, the desperate prayers. And it was just like, God, I need you. I need you to give me keys. I need to see victory. I'm sick and tired of dealing with this. God, I need you. And I just felt so broken. And I just, I felt like I was in a pit of despair. And I just sat there for a minute and I couldn't write. I couldn't do anything. I didn't have any prayers to pray. I just sat there and it was like, 
it was like a light broke through every darkness and I heard him say more clearly than I have ever heard him speak, am I not big enough? <laughs> and the amount of hope that that gave me helped me to get through that day. It's helped me to get through other days. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to say when I wrote that song, I had a picture of a psalm in my head, like how David's going through, like, oh, God, my life is over. But at the end, it is always praise. And um, anyway, but I wanted to um, give context to how I'm going to read these next few uh, stories I'm going to read about people in their moments of unraveling and um, how they choose Jesus in it. And I need to find my first one. Okay, this one. There have been two stories in the Bible. I'm sure this happens to everyone. Two stories in the Bible that every time I read them, the last year and a half, I cry while I'm reading them. And it's like, I'm not getting anything new out of them. I'm just reading them. And it's just so beautiful and raw that I cry through them. But I'm not going to now. But this story is the story of John the Baptist. And, uh, he, um, he is in his moment of unraveling where he has questions for Jesus. He's in a pit. He is in prison. And just to give context, this man had um, baptized Jesus. He had seen heaven open and um, the dove landing on Jesus. He had told his disciples Jesus is the Messiah. He had said all of this. You can look through the different um, gospels that he's in, and he had said Jesus is the Messiah, but in his moment of pain and unraveling, he questioned it. I'm sure a lot of you know the story. I'm just going to read a little part of it. But John sent two of his disciples to go inquire of Jesus. And when they came before the master, they asked him, Are you the coming Messiah we've been expecting? Or are we to, conti- are we to continue to look for someone else? John the prophet has send us, sent us to seek your answer. And Jesus didn't even answer him. He went and he just healed incurable diseases. He opened blind eyes, healed deaf ears, and then he turned to them and said, now go back and tell John what you've just seen and heard here today. The blind are now seen, the crippled are now walking. Those who were lepers are now cured. Those who are deaf are now hearing. Those who are dead are now raised back to life. The poor and broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell John these words. The blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. And what happened to John? (laughs) He got his head cut off. (laughs) Encouraging. (laughs) Never mind. Scratch that. No, I had had an encouraging thing to say there. No, but John still, in his moment of unraveling, gosh, that kind of ruined my point. But John, in his moment of unraveling, still went to Jesus. In my moment of unraveling, I still went to Jesus. Was he weak? Was he questioning everything he once said he believed? Yeah. But in his coming to Jesus, it was still a yes. And in your questions, in your... Moments where you feel like you don't have anything left coming to him is still a yes. And it's okay that you feel weak, and I've had to realize that. Um, let me see here. 
Okay. Um, this one is Mark 9. I didn't tell you where the other one was. It was in Luke somewhere. Luke 7. Um, this one's in Mark 9. And uh, this is a story that I've loved for <coughs> a really long time. Um, but it's another one that's made me cry. I just really like stories of people raw and breaking down. <laughs> Because I'm a feeler and I feel like I'm on the verge of a breakdown <laughs> oftentimes. <laughs> uh, I'm not unstable. I just am a feeler. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <clears throat> um, okay. So I'm just going to summarize this because I think reading kind of, I don't want anybody to get lost. But this is a story of the man who had a um, demon-possessed son, and he had been um, a mute. He was a mute, but the demon caused him to manifest, and like he would become stiff as a board. He would have seizures. It would throw him into a fire. It was horrible. And this father... Um, had come to have the disciples pray for his son, but the disciples couldn't deliver him. And uh, I just think about the context of that. Like this man probably had gone everywhere trying to get his son healed. He had probably done everything he knew to do. They had exorcisms back then, right? Okay. Probably should check my facts before I say things. Um, but he had done everything he knew to do. And so he came to uh, Jesus. He'd heard about this man named Jesus, and he was setting everyone free, and he was healing every disease. And so he came, and Jesus wasn't there in the moment. He was on the mountain. He's like, okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. These guys have been around. It's okay, it's okay. And so they pray for him, and it doesn't happen. Like, can you imagine? Your heart just sinks. And so then Jesus comes, but then Jesus comes. And this man sees him, and they were fighting. The religious scholars were fighting with them all. And, uh, but this man spoke up out of the crowd and told Jesus his problem. And Jesus said, why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you? You know, you guys are annoying me. No, I don't think he really felt that way. I'm just joking. Anyway, uh, but he said, bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus, and as soon as the boy was brought to Jesus, the demon started manifesting, and it was bad. It threw him on the ground into convulsions, and uh, he was rolling around all over the ground and foaming at the mouth, and Jesus turned to the father and asked him how long it had happened, and the man said, since childhood. But if you can just put yourselves in this um, man's shoes, Jesus says, um, sorry, oh, the man says, if you can heal him. Please have compassion and heal him. And uh, Jesus said, what do you mean if? If you're able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. And this part always gets me. When the father heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe, Lord, but help my little faith. And in that moment, the father has been all over. He's done everything he knows to do. He's in front of the Messiah, but here he has the hope and he has the facts. The facts are here is his son rolling all over the ground, manifesting like he's seen him do it a thousand times. And Jesus is telling him he can heal him, but he's been everywhere and he hasn't seen it yet. But this man's yes was saying, I do believe. In the midst of what I'm seeing, I believe. But God, this is what I'm seeing. Help me. 
And it was still a yes, and that's all Jesus needed. And I noticed that a lot throughout the Bible, and I've just been, I honestly have just realized this for some reason, but a lot of the times when Jesus healed people, he wanted them to give him their yes. Do you believe? Yes. Do you have faith? Yes, I have faith. Because he wanted them to be empowered by the power of their yes, by the power in their faith, by the power power in their choosing to believe and anyway I just think that's amazing and uh, in that moment I also just had this little thing Ethan and I were talking one day a while back and I just had this moment of realizing that whenever I had faced a problem I had always tried to belittle it like make it smaller than how it actually felt like basically telling myself get over it it's not that big of a deal get over it it's not that big of a deal get over it that some of your friends have left get over it that you had a car that you had to put a new engine in get over it get over it and you know those things whatever they felt big to me though and that was they felt big to me and I had always though pushed him down like Haley just suck it up nothing is wrong just get over it God is good God is good God is good I think I heard somebody say I watched somebody's song time they're like God is good God is good I think it was Melissa Helser actually but I was in that place and I realized it is not about me belittling my problems It is about how big I am making God over my problems. And that's what that man was doing. He saw his big problem. It was a big problem to him. But it was how big is he going to make Jesus over that problem. And I just thought that was really cool. And it felt empowering to me to be like, oh, okay, I can feel like my problems are big. And you're not telling me to get over it. You just want me to see you as bigger. Anyway. Um, And then my last one. I'm hoping this goes. Um, It is about Zechariah and Luke when the angel um, meets with them and tells him that uh, he and Elizabeth are going to have a child. And uh, I used to not do this for some reason, but lately I've been putting myself like in the story and just like kind of trying to feel it and understand like where is this coming from? Like what's the context of the years of this coming from? Because like that man and his son, it wasn't just a moment. John, it wasn't just a moment like, oh yeah, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Or, oh yeah, could you just heal my son? I don't really have any faith, but can you just do that? Like it was context. There was a lot of history built up for those moments. So anyway, with Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, I, everybody knows that story, so I'm not going to read hardly any of it probably, but um, it's in Luke 1, if anyone does want to read it for context. Um, context. I keep saying that word. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> I feel kind of like, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Zechariah. So he is in the temple and uh, offering incense. Um, It's a huge honor that he got to even go into the Holy of Holies. It's a huge honor. It only happens once um, in their lifetime, doesn't it? They only go in once. Yeah. So it's a huge honor. And so um, the angel appears to him and he speaks to him saying that Elizabeth is going to have a child and he says he's going to answer um, one of the ways they could translate it they said is that he's going to answer the prayers that they aren't even praying anymore I think that's wonderful is that not just like a <sighs> even though I'm not praying it anymore God or maybe I forgot I was even believing for it you still are holding all of my prayers 
and you still know I'm, you're going to do it. Anyway, um, but he was saying all of this to Zechariah, and he gets the, um, and this is amazing, like he's telling him he's going to um, turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons to the fathers, and it's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe this? I mean, I know you're an angel of God and this doesn't happen usually, but how do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign, what sign can you give me to prove this will happen? And Gabriel's like, dude, I am your sign. (laughs) Get it in your head. I just think that's so funny, but you have to think. A man that could not realize an angel visiting him was a sign from God had to have been in a desperate place. Like, he and Elizabeth were old, and back then, what you did was you had babies. Like, that's what you did. You had, they were big families. That's what you did, I think. Everybody's looking at me this smiles. I'm not trying to make this awkward. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But it was like their sign of honor in their culture. And um, I think that they probably had moments of like believing that they were going to have a child. Okay, it's been five years. We haven't had a child, but God still wants to give us a child. There's still time. Okay, it's been 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 60. (sighs) It's probably not going to happen. The dream we had in our heart, the desire, the hope, We're going to have to lay it to rest and just trust it to the mystery of God. I am weepy. But so they had laid it to rest and they trusted it to the mystery of God. It's all they could chalk it up to. It's all that could make sense in their mind. They couldn't make sense of it. And it said, though, that even because of that, they were both lovers of God. They lived virtuously and followed the commandments of the Lord fully. So they loved God with all of their hearts. They loved him despite it. But here this angel came to Zechariah. And why do you think Zechariah couldn't pick it up? Because it was so hard to lay it down. It was so hard to lay that dream down. But the angel was saying, it's time. Pick it up. You can do it. You're strong enough. I'm big enough. You can do it. Pick it up. Believe me again. And the angel didn't tell him, when you go home, Elizabeth's going to be fine. She's going to know it's all going to be good. I think Zechariah probably had to tell Elizabeth. He probably had to work through this with her because it doesn't say an angel <laughs> Elizabeth. I'm checking my notes here. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You would think I've never read this story. Anyway. But he had to tell Elizabeth, and they had to work through this together and choose to believe that what God said he would do, he would do after years and years and years and years and years and years and years of not seeing it happen. But he had to pick it up, and Gabriel was telling him, pick it up, pick it up, believe again, choose to press in, choose to pray, choose to do what it takes to believe, to see it happen. And I, I read a book, I'm reading a book by Christine, but she's, Christine? <laughs> That's how I combine Christine Kane's name, Christine. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I read her book last night, and she said, it's the risking of hoping. It's the risk of believing. It is a risk. But you know what? We can hope against all hope because we know that God is faithful to everything he says that he's going to do. It feels like a risk to us because we sometimes, I think, honestly, we're afraid of being let down. I think we're afraid that God isn't big enough. I think that's what I felt. I was afraid that God wasn't big enough to handle me. I felt like he wasn't big enough to handle my life. I felt like he wasn't big enough to handle my relationships or our finances. Or I mean, you name it. It didn't feel like he was big enough. But the truth of the matter is he is. And it doesn't matter what the facts say. The truth, the absolute unchanging truth is that he is big enough. And I just think that's incredible. And obviously, um, you know, Zechariah was made mute, but then he was able to speak again. And I feel like, I think that time of Zechariah being mute was probably a really special time of him and the Lord. The Lord working in his heart, the Lord giving him strength, the Lord helping him to believe, because I think it would probably be really hard. Like, it's Abraham and Sarah. Like, they old. <laughs> How is that even going to happen? <laughs> but it happened. And she had a baby, and I just think it's incredible. I think that Zechariah had had just a really sweet moment with the Lord all of those months of getting to watch this thing that he had laid down, and he chose to pick it up again, all by just saying, you know, he didn't necessarily give his yes, but it was still a question. And the angel, it, I just, I think what I want everyone to get tonight is it doesn't matter what your questions are. It doesn't matter whether you have all the faith it takes or not. It doesn't even matter if you say, God, I really don't know if I can believe this because it's still a yes. Because why? You're not turning and going the other way. You're still giving him your question. You're still giving him your heart. You're still trying to work through it with him. And Zechariah was still trying to work through it with him. And God took it as a yes, and he runs with it. He runs with our yeses, no matter how weak or how strong. He runs with them. And anyway, I don't know if all of that man's sense or not, but uh, it's just kind of what I had on my heart, and I hope the Holy Spirit makes it make sense. So anyway... <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, like I promised you, we're going to declare again. So everyone, want to stand up? All right. Here we go. I am convinced that nothing can stop the goodness of God. So let hope arise. I am convinced that no angel nor demon, no principality nor power, no fear for today or worry about tomorrow, no sickness or disease, no circumstance or fact can stop the goodness of God. So let hope arise, for we will see his goodness right here in the land of the living. Hmm. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for that truth. God, I thank you, Lord, for releasing hope, for releasing the convincing, God, of the hope of what you've said you're going to do. You're going to do it. It doesn't matter how long ago you said it. It doesn't matter how long ago we believed it, God. If you said it, you're going to do it. And God, I just ask that you would release hope, God, that you would re release, God, um, 
Lord, just the ability, God, for us to dream again. God, that we would choose to pick up our dreams, our desires, our words that you've given us, God, and that we would run to you with our yes. God, I just ask that we would partner with you, God, on everything, Lord, that you have promised to us. Lord, you have our yes. You have our faith. You have our hope, God, and we trust you and we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. 